From grade school to high school. From high school to college. From college to the league. And it doesn't stop there. And a nice move, Scott Suggs. What if I told you that there was nothing impossible for those who believe? For those who believe in their dreams. Who believe in themselves. And who believe in truth. We're here to show you the way to the life you've always wanted. This is IGI. This is IGI. This is IGI. This, this is, is How to Be a Pro. Welcome back to IGI Sports, How to Be a Pro. I'm T. Jax. That's my main partner. Scott Boogie. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Scott Boogie. What up, Boogie? How you doing, man? Good to see you. Man, always good to see you as well. I'm doing great. I'm excited for today's podcast. As always, we've been getting topic after topic after topic, and these have been awesome, and this is no exception. I'm excited for today, man. Yes. Man, me too. This one is a little near and dear to me because, bro, like, dudes always be wanting to go to the next level. But it's like, do you really want to go to the next level? Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about mental peak performance. Mm. How do I get to mental peak performance? How do I get to that zone that so many guys talk about that that we dream of being in, that we desire to be a part of, but it's like, how do I get there? It's not just a, a far-fetched thing where it's like, you know, what do they say? Few, far in between or whatever. Mm-hmm. I might have just made that up, but it makes <laughs> no, sense to me. Like that. You know what I'm Few saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. Something like that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's huge for us to talk about this because there's really no steps that I've been told of how to get here, but there are actually steps to get there. Mm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, but before we jump into the topic, you got playoffs coming up. We're we going to be taking a little break as you're going through so you can get your lock in, so you can get your, you know what I mean, uh, you know, your blackout, but your whiteout. I call it whiteout. Right. Light out. <laughs> Go to the mountaintop. <laughs> Light out. I like, I like that. Light out. Go to the mountaintop. Man, how you feeling about everything as you get ready? Man, I'm excited. Um, this will be my first time in the postseason, and six or seven years i think maybe six years oh wow. six or seven years so yeah i didn't know that we yeah we would have been postseason two two years ago in israel we were third the COVID hit yeah so you know I, I've, I've been the postseason has been eluding me i feel like chris paul you know i'm, like, I'm, I'm finally <laughs> coming here <laughs> i'm finally hey, here hey so, yeah I'm, hey, I'm it's better excited. be chris paul than for it to, it's better for it to be chris paul eluding you than you know, you stinking it up in the playoffs. At least you going to the playoffs feeling good. <laughs> true that, true that. If there was going to be any year to be ready for the playoffs, this is definitely the year. So I'm excited. Uh, we got three games left in the regular season. Obviously, we want to try to win all three of those and, and give ourselves some momentum uh, heading into the playoffs. So I'm really excited. How has it been for your team as far as, I know you kind of had a chance to experience a lot of different segments of the year you know what i mean mm-hmm. i know it's a longer season uh overseas 
uh, dealing with more practice, less games. So mm-hmm. how's it been for you? Do you feel kind of like a relief for playoffs? Are you excited or is it kind of just like, you know, how does it, because do you get nostalgic for the year? You know, do we want to keep the years going as long as we can? How, well, how do you feel about that? No, that's an interesting, that's a good question, actually, because today, um, so today, before I was going to do my visualization, uh, when we have a meeting before practice, and we're going to be getting ready to release this stuff now. I got, I'm starting to edit uh, the stuff, so so it's coming. The, the, let's go! I was going to ask you, I was like, let's push it coming. Yeah. Now we've been waiting. We've the been people have been waiting. They've been waiting, man. I've been filming, 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 and now I'm going back. I finally started editing and trying to put them together, so it's going to be good, and, and I'm going to add a couple things, too, coming into the playoffs, but 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 while I was filming today, I filmed the visualization. Before we have a meeting, there's this big little area and I'm describing it now, but you guys will see it when you see it. There's a big window behind, you know, where I'm working out. And I was looking out, and it was snowing today. It was just like 70 degrees, <laughs> like four days wow. ago. Wow. And today it was snowing. It was a light snow, but I was looking out, and I was like, wow. Thank you, God, man. Like, I don't know what was just so beautiful about it, but it was just falling gently. And I did have kind of a nostalgic, like, you know, I'm glad I came here, man. You know, I, w- I would have never <laughs> just... <laughs> I let it rain. Clear it. <laughs> so I did have a little bit of a nostalgia just looking back like, wow, man, what an amazing place to be. Switzerland has been incredible. Um, but going in, as far as like the basketball, I'm super excited. I really am. Uh, again, playoffs, like the last time I played in the playoffs was in France, and it that was like the best atmosphere I've ever played in. The only thing that could rival that was probably NCAA tournament. March Madison, you know, you went to the yeah. Final Four, so that's, yep. <laughs> you know, that, that's, yep. I went Sweet 16, that was as far as I went. But March Madness is, that's it. You got the police escorts, you you know, everything, the cameras, yep. and Clark Kellogg's there, you know, all those people that yep. you watch. <laughs> so, but going into the playoffs, uh, like I said, France was, that was like the next closest environment. They were shooting off like the fire in the stands and waving the flag. <laughs> so it was such a fun environment to play in and you know, maybe Switzerland is not the same fans, but um, just being in the playoffs is what I'm excited for. It's cool to see you because, like, even what we're going to talk about today, you had to deal with getting, making sure to get into that groove for you to be in that zone. So you've had some games yeah. where you were really in the zone. You've had games where you're getting close to the zone. You've had some games where you're like, all right, I got to get on, my, get on the sky. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think it's so cool to see your journey to see you. And I, I'm so happy to hear you filming. Like, we didn't talk about this off camera. <laughs> so I'm just happy to hear you filming because I'm excited to see the journey because you're doing the, the steps. Like, guys don't understand how vulnerable it is yeah. to be vulnerable while you're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, as pros, where our lives are, you know, our performance is 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 gauged on a, on a platform in front of the world. Mm-hmm. Right? And... and our expertise is nitpicked, you know what I mean? So for us to open up our lives and to let people in to like what it is we're actually dealing with, we don't got to be so open to where it's like every little thing, but to let them in, you know what I mean, is a rare type of thing. But it's the best things that we love to watch. You know, that's why we love watching, you know, documentaries on Jordan and documentaries on COVID yep. to see like what did they do like how did they think you know what I mean and like as we're talking about mental peak performance today I'm just excited for you because it's here 
You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, the time is here, and all players have to make some of these decisions that we're going to be talking about today of, like, living in the zone. Because living in the zone doesn't start when you get on the court. Yeah. It starts when you actually get off, right? Mm-hmm. It starts when you get off. I heard a, a AI said something that was super real, a guy that, um, contrary to popular belief, he – most of his career, he was able to, regardless of what he did off the court, he was able to have the court be like a safe haven for him. Mm-hmm. And he still didn't even, you know, reach the pinnacle of what he, I believe he could have. Now I just believe it, but I know he could have. But just the fact of him doing some of the things that we talked about, that we're going to talk about here, like, one thing that he did for sure was like we're talking about give up his will. His mother told him, uh, they asked him, like, man, why are you so confident out there? And he said, because my mom told me, like, you know, I can do anything I put my mind to. When my mom said it, I believe it. You know what I mean? And it was like, that's the type of attitude and the mindset we got to have towards what God's telling us is possible. Yeah. Because that zone, we all know what that zone is. When you're at the free throw line and you're in it and you can't hear nothing, yep. all you can hear is the ball bouncing in the game, right? That zone is when, you know, you're sitting on the sidelines or you're taking the ball out on the sidelines. You got fans around you. You don't feel it. It's like, boom. That zone is where you see everybody around you and the only voice you can hear is your teammates and your coaches, right? You can be in an arena full of thousands of people. I remember being in an arena – when I, you know, close to 100,000 people. We played in Dallas. We played in the Indiana, uh, the coach stadium, you know, 80 to 100,000 people. Yeah. And we could hear everything clearly. Yeah. When we first get there, it's like, man, this is huge. Mm-hmm. But then when we play, it's like, I can't, it's cool. Like, we, we yep. good. You know what I mean? And that's that zone that it varies with levels that you yeah. get in. So naturally, as a pro, you got to get in some form of a zone to be successful. You have to get in some form of, I block out everything around me that we're like, this is this plan. But the zone we're talking about is like that high level where I'm playing how I play in my dreams and mm-hmm. my visual, you mentioned earlier, my visualization, how I do that consistently. How do I do that all the time? And that's kind of what we, we're going to talk about today. Any thoughts for you, Boog, before we jump into this thing man head head first we all (laughs) (laughs) no i mean that's that's exactly what you're talking about um that zone is is that that place that that every player's been at at one point or another in their lives and and i've heard a couple of things uh you know jamal crawford talked about i think he has the most 50 point games on different teams or something like that and he talked a little bit about being in the zone Mm -hmm. he was like yeah, anything I throw up is going in. Like the hoop looks like an ocean. Like he's like, I could have closed my eyes and threw it. Yep. Like it's just everything's gonna go in. And uh, you know, that's that's one aspect of the zone. Another aspect of the zone that um, I've seen. I talked with one of my coaches, uh, Lorenzo Romar. He's my coach at University of Washington. And it was like when you get so comfortable out there that everything's moving in slow motion. Like the defender reaches. Yes, slow, <laughs> slow motion. motion. Mm-hmm. They reach and you, you be looking like, what? I see the reach look like this. You can go behind the back like, boop, boop. Like, where, where was you going? 
Hey, it's like that old Spider-Man when <laughs> Tobey Maguire was in the in the hallway and he, uh, what was his name? The, what was the dude's name? Tried to bully. punch him. The, the bully yeah, tried to punch him. He was name. like, yeah, he just looking at him like this. <laughs> like, yeah, bro, that, that's what I mean. No, that's how it's like you are dictating the game even as you doing the moves. Yeah, even. No, that's the zone. That's that zone. <laughs> man, so this is real, man. This is real. We've heard some of these keys. Like, we're going to conversate on this because we've heard some of these keys that we're going to talk about, but I'm not going to focus much on the keys as much as we want to focus on what we need to give up and what we receive, right? So we the keys that we've heard, like Scott just mentioned it early, visualization, that's one of the mm-hmm. keys, right? Um, seeking, knocking, asking, right? Or prayer for some people that don't ask this prayer. That's a key. These are keys. The whole point of these keys, the keys to what, right? Keys lead to doors. Keys to what? Well, the zone, to be in the zone consistently is a process we call impartation and manifestation. You're like, oh, 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 hold up, T-Jax. What's that mean? You over here using big words. And as soon as it got shun on the end, it's, you know, T-I-O-N. You know what I mean? That's, that's got to be something. You know what I mean? <laughs> what does that mean? But very simple, these are the things that impartation is and manifestation, the things that happen behind the scenes when nobody's watching, the things that's going on in the unseen, the stuff that's going on when you and your headphones before the game, bobbing your head, right, getting ready. This is what's going on before. The stuff when you're in the gym when nobody's in there with you and you're getting your shots up, you know what I mean, when you were shooting in the gym. Those are the, this is the part of things that's going on. The, the stuff that when you dream at night, what's being placed within you? That's what impartation really means, right? Because it's what's being placed within you. And then manifestation is like when that's something that's been placed within you, when it's expressed outside of you, right? And then most people just stop there. Most people stop there. Most people don't make it tangible. How many guys you know got hoop dreams? That was a movie back in the day. That hoop was a movie dreams, right there. Right? We got dreams. We can we can we can yeah. feel it. We can feel it. It's there. But it doesn't become a reality where I can taste, touch, and see it. Like what was his name? Arthur a dude Agee. from uh yeah, Arthur Agee. Like he had the same dreams as the dude from the nice side of Indiana yeah. or Chicago. William. Yeah. William something. So like. I forgot his last name. Yeah. So like what we're talking about today is going to like, this is where like wherever you're at, it don't matter where you're at, what situation you're in. If you can do this, you can bring the stuff from the unseen to the scene. Like you can actually, that dream that you have is no longer a dream. It can actually be your reality. And we're going to focus on the highest response. Like, there's different levels of responsibilities. You got responsibilities because of how we're made up, right? We're made up of spirit, soul, mind, heart, body. So there's different requirements for each thing. We're just going to go over the spirit part. When I'm going to detail as far as, like, all the other stuff, we're like, let's just make it super simple because the spirit part is the creative creator part of yourself and to be in the zone like scott boogie was just talking about i'm out here creating at the highest level at the Mm. highest level and there's nothing that can stop me 
out here because my God-like self, the God in me is connected to the source at the highest level. You know what I mean? There's two ways to go about this and we'll break this this thing down. Have you ever had any moments, bro, that you remember for where you got in the zone and do you have any moments and how, what was the longest you've ever been in a zone consistently? Oh man, I would probably say two, two times uh, in my career that was like, what in the world? <laughs> so it was, uh, that was like the longest zone. So the first time that I ever, and this, this, this first time is what made me be like, okay, all that stuff I've been doing actually worked. And so I, if you guys go back to season one, TJX and I talk about our journey a little bit. I talk about how I wanted to be Mr. Missouri. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I asked my dad, what does that take? He told me, I take this, 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 and this. I wrote everything down. The first, I don't think I mentioned this. When I was like 11, 10 or 11, I wrote down like my request to God. I said, I want you to, I want to be better at sports. That's the key. And I want to, yeah. And I want, I want to be able to be like as good as, you know, I want to be, but I was nervous to say I wanted to become the best. I remember just saying like, I just want to be like one of the best, something like to that effect or something. And I I wrote a bunch of things down. They all came true. Um, But, but just focusing on the sports thing that, that kind of started the journey. Then after that, all of a sudden people started coming to my life saying, Hey, this is how you be great. Like you hear it all the time. You got to work hard. You got to, you know, get up early, stay after, shoot shots. Wow. You hear all that stuff. Um, but people started coming to my life. Now my high school coach took me to go drive to a place to go work out. So all this stuff started happening. And looking back on it, I see the process. At the time, I just was just living, you know. I'm just like, oh, this is mm-hmm. what I do. So I say all that to say, it started there. That put me on this journey of, okay, doing this consistent workout asking people what does it take to get to that my dad kind of explained that to me and him being you know really tough on me to to really get there and my freshman year this was i think it was going into my sophomore season so i had a good freshman year um, mm-hmm. it's freshman year high school right team freshman year high school yes yep okay freshman year high school yep so now i don't know if you guys had this in ohio but in missouri we had like this autumn league where you would play yeah. It was a league. Okay, cool. So I thought this was like a high school thing. You play in a league kind of before the season to get ready. You play against other high school teams. So we're playing against this guy named Kramer Soderberg. And Mm. I was the type that I always wanted to play the best because I wanted to see where was I. I wasn't afraid of like, okay, if he beat me, because now I know what I need to do. Oh, he, I need to get quicker or slider. I wanted to know. So I kept hearing about Kramer Soderberg. There's a coach named Coach Brad Soderberg. Now, he he coached at St. Louis University. Sounds familiar. Yeah, Soderberg. Yeah, he was, that he was very a college familiar. coach. Yep. Yep. He was at St. Louis University. He's been at some schools. He was at Virginia as an assistant for a while. He might be there as an assistant now. Okay. Uh, so he was the head coach at St. Louis University. And I remember for the last like year and a half or two years, all I kept hearing was Kramer Soderberg is the best player here. He's the best player. So we're playing him. I'm like, I'm so we come out. I'm like, yo, which one is Kramer Soderberg? I'm asking. <laughs> and I love Kramer. Yeah, because back then it, it wasn't no. Listen, let me hop on Instagram and check it out. No. It was like the lore yeah. of guys was bigger back then because it's all word of mouth. You can read in magazines. You can see that. You know, YouTube was just started, but it wasn't like you know the lore was the word of mouth that you got. 
Exactly. And that was it. And you just heard, like, this guy, and you just heard he plays for this school. So we finally played them. And Kramer's my guy. Uh, I love Kramer. So shout out Kramer if you're watching this. Me and Kramer had some great <laughs> battles. They had an amazing team. Um, but I didn't know Kramer at this time. And I wanted to. I wanted to With the dominate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know him. I came to know him. We became great friends. So I'm going to try to shorten this up. But I had to give all that backstory. We come out into the game. And I'm like, okay, that's him. And I'm like, I'm going to go to work. I hit, he came down and made some move, blah, 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 scored. And so I said, okay, it's on. I come down, I score, boom, he comes down, and he might have scored. We went back and forth for a minute, and I said, I'm about to shoot every time I cross this half court. And I came down, I hit 11 threes in a row. I'm not joking. You can ask wow. anybody who was there, 11 in a row, back to, like, literally back to back, 11 straight possessions. <laughs> and I was crossing wow. bang, bang, bang. And I've been working on my deep shooting all summer. So, it, but I was in a zone that was absolutely ridiculous and it was nothing but net every time. Like, and so, so after the, after that game, I don't know how many points I ended up with, but it was, it was you had 33 for sure. You had 33 for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 50 something. But it's, for me, that was the best I'd ever played. And like you said, you dream about all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. That was the best I ever played in, in, like, this physical reality here. And Coach Soderberg came after the game. He said, I want to offer you a scholarship. Search. <laughs> 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 he, he came right. Like, we, if we can get Brad Soderberg on the phone or something, I'm telling you, I'm tell, I kid you not, he literally came right after the game and offered me a scholarship. The same wow. Right he was just there yeah. watching his son play, probably, huh? Just watching his son, yeah. And then me and Kramer had battled ever since then. And we ended up playing on the same AAU team for a couple of years. Kramer was good, though. He was good. Was he on, he was, was really he your good. age? Kramer was your age? Same. Yep, same age. And there's, there's a little move that I do when people get up close to me. I dip under and go. That's I learned that from him. He used to do it, too. I never could stop it. But that's the Kramer Soderberg move right there. Man, but that was the first that's zone. I won't real, even go bro. into the second zone because that took a minute. I, I, I want to hear, hear your story. No, nah, I love it. Sure. I love it, bro. My, I've been in the zones a couple of times, starting in high school. Uh, for me, those are the most impactful ones. Well, it was two that was the most impactful ones for me. I had a zone in high school. had a zone. Uh, just a couple uh, games in, in Rochester had his own. I still kind of forced that one, but I still got there. Had his own uh, in Slovakia. I was in. Had his own in um, Sweden. I played very well, but I wouldn't say it was a zone yet. It got cut short by COVID. Um, the zone that I had in college for a couple games, played Indiana, uh, played uh, Duke was in his own. Um, I still don't consider those the, the, the top tier part of it. I was there, but I wasn't, it was like 90%. Um, and then the, the best zone that I was in though, like for sure, the best zone that I was in was two times, two games in high school and two game and, and, and some time when I was at UCLA. So the difference at UCLA was I started high school first. So high school was because. It was our rival schools at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little town called Westerville in Ohio. Um, and there's three main schools. And our rival schools, Westerville North, they had a guy that was going to Dayton. They had another guy who was 6'5", who was really good. They had another guy, a point guard that was really good. Um, they had, they just had a big squad. And us, our, I was our biggest guy on our team. We were a bunch of guys on our team that was just 
you know, we stuck together, we played hard, you know, we did what we need to do. We just played together and, you know, but we were really kind of outmatched. But both times I played against them, I had 29-25. I remember I got on the front cover because at the time I was working at Kroger. And the next day after the game, and, and it was tough because my mom couldn't go to the game either because she was dealing with some um, – she needed to get some rest or something. Uh, for for when she got so she couldn't go so I'm there mm-hmm. and the only one that's there for me, family wise I could say family obviously we were all a family but like my coach right mm-hmm. Coach Caleb so um, I remember going to work the next day because you know I work just to get some little gas money stuff like that mm-hmm. I remember be like they'd be like man congratulations great game I'm like thanks they're like you're on the front cover of the paper I'm over there like thank you man have a good day bagging <laughs> their groceries. Like have a good day. <laughs> so I did. I did that against them, and we won at the buzzer. You know what I mean. And then the next game we played was our other rival, Westerville Central, and we beat them. And we won. You know what I mean. Um, in overtime, and it was just like I had like a triple double, like twenty something, ten and 10 or something like that. It was close to it. Like, and in high school, you know that's pretty a big deal. And we were kind of mad that year. We went twenty and zero, right? And then. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to, you know, when I'm playing in, and there's the reason why I'm mentioning these two is because there's a difference between zones that, like, it flows and then zones that you you force and create. We yeah, all experienced yeah. those other hoopers. Like, so these were the zones that flowed for me. Yeah. Right? I've had other zones that I forced, but these were the zones that, like, nothing I did. Like, I just was just, it was flowing, you know? And, um... The second one that was big for me was UCLA, and this was confirmed to me by another guy that was sitting down. His name was, uh, I forget what his name was, uh, his last name, Matt, was my boy Matt. And uh, he would come up there. He's a big actor. He would come up there. He would just sit down, and he'd watch, and he'd watch. And, you know, if you ever played at UCLA at the time, a lot of people sitting around the gym watching, mm-hmm. watching you know, the Hoopers. So I have been – I got to get a backstory is because – Shout out to Zach Riddle. Zach Riddle was my, he was my, um, my helpmate as I needed him throughout that time. Like he was my my motivator and my pusher. Right, uh, I would go up there every day. I would go up there every day, and I, I wouldn't play. Right, because we would get brought to the the middle of the circle. Right, and Rico would call out the guys. Right, Rico would call out the guys, and Rico would say. Um, you know, he would call out who's on whose team, right? And this is my, I believe this is my second, this is my second summer back in UCLA. So I, I knew Rico, but the first summer I got on, but it was still like, uh, not really, I didn't really do too much. You know, I, I got in, but God still opened the door for me to get in. But this summer it was like, I'm in. Me and, uh, me and another guy were working out every single day. Uh, at Manhattan Beach, we were working out every single day, bro. Just just going at it. Um, TB was, and, and we so we working out, and we working out twice a day, sometimes three times a day. But for like we would go work out in the morning, go do our body work, and then go play UCLA at the sand. We run in the sand and then go do our body work. And I remember, I would just you know every day go to the middle. Uh, and they bring everybody in. And I remember just, you know, my name usually wouldn't get called. But I had to go back, sit down, stretch, stay ready, and just kind of, 
you know, as a hooper, your pride get put on the line for that. It does, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they walking by like, oh, that's a dude that never played. He come yeah. up here a lot. But I kept going. I kept following the key, which was I'm going to keep showing up. Like, I'm going to keep showing up. And Reek would always be like, what's up, man? He would always acknowledge me. And he'd be like, you know what? Like, I'm going to get you, bro. I'm going to get you. And I remember the day I wasn't about to go. So I'm playing. And I have another story, a Drew League story down the line, too. We'll talk about that later on. But, like, I had a – I'm not really playing um, at the time, but I'm playing at other places in L.A. You know, I'm playing in the Drew. I'm playing in JBL. I'm playing at open gyms, open runs. So I'm I'm getting my reps in. I'm playing. And UCLA still was that pinnacle for me because yeah. it was all league guys. And we get – so I'm like, man, I'm not going. I'm not about to go. One day I'm like, I'm not about to go. Riddler's like, come on, man, what the guy say, bro? Because guy gave me specific instructions. Mm-hmm. Like, go every single day mm-hmm. no matter what. Like, you know what I mean? And this is, for me, it was becoming mine. Mm-hmm. It was becoming my journey. So he like, go every day. I'm like, all right. So I hopped in the Uber. I'm Ubering. You know what I mean? I'm Ubering 20, 30-minute drive all the way there. And, you know, L.A. traffic, so I got time to, you know. So I get there, get my routine in, and I'm going. And I'm like, just another day. And it's funny because the day before, there was this guy who used to play for Oregon. I forget what his name was. He used to play for Oakland Soldiers, a year younger than me. I forget what his name was. But he was a – he went to work out there. He was like another guy that was like me in my position. He wasn't in the league, but he could hoop with the league dudes. And he knew he was nice. He got out there. His name was like Dominic something. And um, Dominic Artist. Artist. That's his name. Dominic, Dominic Artist. Artis. I played Man. him in Greece last yes. year. Yes. Dominic Artist. So, so he, he hooping. He hooping. Like he going to work. And he playing. And. Draymond out there, like all these guys out there, he hooping. I'm like, man, when I get out there, I'm gonna do what he doing. And he playing with Draymond, and you know Draymond dapping him up, all type of stuff. So I'm like, when I get out there, this is literally the day before I decide, man, I ain't about to go. And Zach, like, let's go, bro. Like, come on. So I go, walk in there. Lo and behold, who shows up? Bron. Bron walks through with the whole Cleveland. You know what I mean? Contingency, Ty Lu, the whole city, the Ty Lu, the whole coaching staff, the training staff. It looked like he just got done lifting or something. You can go look it up. It's when he had the 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 the, the highlighter yellow uh, on that day. And um, so immediately the buzz in the gym just goes up. All of a sudden, the you know, L.A. small, so run up here playing. Da-da-da. Next thing yep. you know, everybody trying to get in the gym. Everybody trying to get to the gym. So we get in there, and it's two sides. That's we're on. It's only two courts. There's three courts there, but they have one side blocked off. I'm not sure why. So now that's less courts. Yeah, think mm. about it. If there's three courts, courts there's one. There's only three courts. There's more opportunity to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have been playing, but I would play at like the end when guys needed rest. I didn't get on yeah. right away. You know, what I mean, I remember I played with PG and with his team, but I didn't play like right away. So then. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right, so we get to the middle. He called everybody to the middle, right? He calls out Bron's team. Bron, Aaron Gordon, Darren Collison, Iman Shumpert, and they had another guy from the G League on their team. That's where Rico goes. He's like, 
Next, we got Draymond. And he paused. Trayvon Jackson. Got Draymond and Trayvon. <laughs> and then he goes, uh, then he, who else is on our team? Uh, Jordan uh, from Oregon, too. Played with Golden State for a while. Bouncy. Uh, oh, uh, Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell. Uh, big man, right? Yep, Jordan Bell. We had, a, we, and we had two other guys. I forget who else. And immediately when he said my name, my eyes lit up like, Is that true? Me. But you know you gotta be cool. Look, you gotta be cool though. Like you gotta be. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm always on. You know, I'm straight. I'm straight. And bro, I was I was ready. I was ready, and, and we got to. A, I told this story before, but like we playing Bron. I don't think the first game, maybe second game, first game, first shot I get out there, shoot at the top, with the key. Hit the side, the side like the like the side part of the backboard, like the the square, but not the rim. So it's not the full <laughs> air ball, but it's off. Yeah. I hear Rico behind me. I hear Rico behind me. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know it don't work. Look, you know it don't work like that. I go back like, oh yeah, we good, we good. Hey, lock up, lock up, lock up. We good. And so we we I'm still being aggressive though, because you know it's first shot, but that first yep. shot huge when you out there. So I get the first shot. The second shot, I get the ball on a fast break. And at the time, was really we running that sandhill every day. So my athleticism feeling great, right? Braun is angling me, Uh-oh. right? And all I can think of is do not lay this up so he can get yep. this block that's clean. I beeline straight to him. The rim is like in front right here. Bron, like, over here. I ran to him <laughs> while I'm nope, dribbling the ball. You ain't going to get me. Yeah, while I'm dribbling the ball. And then, boom, I go ahead and finish it. And I just mm. threw something up and made it. And I was walk back like, yeah, I do this. But I'm like, thank you, God. Like, it just went in. I ain't make that. Like, it just went in. And then from there, I made that first bucket. And then I was hitting game winners. Like, you know, I had guys come up to me, BD. He just felt comfortable. I just I was like, I belong. And then I started feeling comfortable. And then that day was the day that from then on out, I started to just be able to get on the court consistently. And to the point where we're playing against J.J. Berea, Devin Harris with the Mavs, they would bring their team up there. And my dude, Matt, who was there from the beginning, was sitting down. And he pulled me to the side like, bro, what you been doing, bro? Like, you look like you ready to go to the league right now. Mm. And that's what, to me, it, I knew. Yep. Right, but like most things happen, we have an opportunity to either keep that thing going or to stop that flow, mm-hmm. and that's what we want to talk about today. Because that's a great decisions, transition. Woo. Yes, because certain decisions that we're going to break into today, especially what you have to give up. There were certain things I wasn't willing to give up, and there's certain things out there that you gotta be willing to give up to go to that next level. Otherwise, you'll stay where you're at, and then you can have a totally different experience besides that as well, all right? So, like I said, impartation, manifestation, if you paid attention to our stories, we did things, we did some keys in there. We did keys. The keys is what gets you into the door, but it doesn't get you to actually receive and manifest it. So it gets you to the door of receiving, right? Like for you, you was like... I wrote down the stuff, but you had to actually accept what your dad told you. Yeah. 
so it can become yours. That's a key. Then you write down. Then you got to actually do what it took that he told you to do mm-hmm. for it to become tangible. Yep. So you accepted it. It manifested. It was there. It expression of the idea was here. It didn't become tangible yet, but it became tangible when you started doing it every single day and then you did it against Soderbergh, right? For yeah. me, I accepted it. And then I manifested when I'm there and the opportunity is here. I can't feel it yet, taste it, but it became tangible when I actually did it. And those are keys. So the things that we were just talking about, some keys and stuff, get you to the door. But in order to actually make it tangible, that's the stuff that we're talking about right now. Because everything that you're going to receive, impartation, manifestation, most high has everything set up in the unseen. He has a whole kingdom and a whole family of gods, of other gods, and other lords. Like, oh, there's a bunch of gods and stuff. Think of creators. Mm-hmm. Think of other people like us. They may not look like us, but they're other people, other spirits. And some of them are owners. That's the Lord. Some of them are creators. We're talking about right now what we receive from them. When you give up something, because that's what we're asking for, whether we realize it or not. God, I just want you to do this. I want you to play through me today. I want you to be able to open this door for me. You're asking for them to impart themselves into you mm-hmm. as spirit to come into you, right? And to actually express themselves through you while you're on the court. That's what you're asking for. Whether you realize it or not, that's what you're asking for. So in order to do that, there's certain things, just like anybody else, when you're in a relationship, hey, you want to be with me. This is the girl talking. You want to be with me. There's some, you got to leave them alone. That's not how I roll. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with that part of things. So jumping into a book, does that make sense, though, as I'm talking about it? Is there anything that can be clear on my end as far as, like, the keys get you there, but they don't. But you still got to do your part to actually receive it and make it happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the keys get you there. Is there a better way to say it? What you think? No, I think, I think that's a perfect explanation. And and I think the examples that you gave um, are great. Again, you know, players, um, I think players can relate on, on many on many levels. You hear all kinds of stories of somebody who, um, let's, let's take a, I believe Scottie Pippen, for example, he said that he wasn't even going to go to college to play basketball, but something happened and they said like he could be like the the manager, like the equipment manager. So Mm -hmm. he would come be the equipment manager and practice with the team and it just started off like that. And then he said some guys got hurt and so he he had to play. But if he he never showed Mm -hmm. up and accepted being the equipment manager, we may have never seen Scottie Pippen. That's Scottie Pippen. We may have seen Mm -hmm. someone else become. Different else, but. Yeah. But we would have Scottie Pippen would have never become Scottie Pippen had he not taken that opportunity, or he may have been, you know, something else. So I think how you've explained it is great. You got to show up to even have the chance to get the opportunity. That's what these keys are giving you. They're giving you the opportunity to have the chance to be able to do these higher things. Uh, but yeah. you have to. There are certain things that you have to do, and certain things that you have to give up in order to to fully get all of that. And so, so I think yeah, it's a great explanation. Man, I'm glad it is because there's two ways you can go about this because we're gods. We're mm-hmm. creators ourselves. There's a God in you. People be like, man, oh God, why you let this happen? Which God are you talking about, right, for your <laughs> career? Like, 
did you create that? Because you can create your reality. You're a creator of your reality. What we're talking about is aligning yourself to the most high God and his contingency, or I can't say his, I'm not going, it's not gender based, but like the most high God's like contingency of God's and Lord, their family and their kingdom and how they run things. You're aligning yourself to the perfect will, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're aligning yourself to the perfect will, now I'm submitting my will to these things. Versus, I that's why I was explaining. There was sometimes where I just felt a flow. Yeah, I was in submission. It was just like a flow. I didn't really have to do much. Shoot that. Okay, boom. Pass that. Okay, boom. Versus other times where it was just I played well, but it wasn't the same. Like mm-hmm. I had another I thing just pop up to my mind. We played into the flying to the hoop classic, which is a big tournament and dating a, a, a national tournament. Played against Gary Harris and the team, and like. Like I couldn't, I couldn't. Uh, and Randy Gregory that's playing in the league now for Dallas. Mm-hmm. Like he was on that team. And Zach, uh, Zach Irvin who played for Michigan. Like they had a squad. Like we couldn't. I couldn't determine the things that happen. And a lot of these times when we're trying, like there's a difference between you doing it. Ah, I want to name some names right now, but I don't <laughs> want to put them on blast. So let's say it like this. There's a difference between. Like, that year where, like, there's an awe and an aura about it. And we're going to get into this, too. And it's just like, a, man, how is that happening? And it don't always have to look the prettiest as far as, like, like how it necessarily happens. But it happens because it's like you're getting divine help. Yeah. Because you're deciding to actually submit your part to the God's part, and they're making stuff happen in the unseen mm. that you have no control over. Yeah. That way right there that we're talking about is first fruits. The other way is law. Mm. I can give you in first fruits, and there's another way we're not going to talk about. That's even higher, right? But this is still first fruits because I'm, I'm actually doing this. I'm submitting my will to the Father. It's like I'm working in corporate. Mm. Like in corporate, you don't gotta do nothing. They set up everything for you. You just gotta show up, do your job, make sure you're on the team. (laughs) Yep. But when you but when you're not in corporate, you gotta make sure you set up the 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 you know the situation. You set up the opportunities. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that if you're doing that. It's just you gotta go do it. Yeah, it's dependent on you. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I don't want people out here trying to be like, oh, get a corporate. No, I'm not saying that. I'm talking about corporate with God. Corporate with God is way different than Fortune 500. Y'all think of I ain't talking about that, don't you? I ain't getting me caught up. I know what y'all be trying to do. You ain't getting me caught up. But T-Jackson. So that's the difference, bro. <laughs> exactly. No, I did not. <laughs> that's the difference, though, bro, with, um, with what we're talking about. And that's why we're coming from the angle of I'm aligning myself with what the gods and the lords and the unseen who are connected to the most high God, we're coming from that angle, right? That it just makes stuff happen without you even, you just being there submitting. Like you said, I show up to the team and next thing you know, yeah, we want you to be, we want you to be there. Or like I seen this story where a dude was just, you know, (laughs) he was like a ball boy or something and they needed him to throw 
And next thing you know, he threw a couple passes, and then next thing you know, he ends up on scholarship. Like, how? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's divine some way, yeah. somehow. I'm not saying it was for God. I don't know the situation, but that's divine, bro. Like, you can't, like, you can't make that stuff no. up. Like, you know what I mean? So, we're going to go through five ways that you got to that you gotta give up, right? The five things you got to give up, we're going to f- flow through this, right? First one. The first thing you got to give up is your will, mm. your word, and your possibilities of what you believe is possible for the guys to actually impart into you. Mm. What's a will? A will is what I want to become, right? Your word is the word that you actually hold on to, and the possibility is what you think is possible. We all know this, bro. You ever tell a dude or a teammate or something like that, like, bro, it's possible. We just got to stick with it. Well, I need y'all to believe in it. Like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know if we can beat this team. Or I don't know if we can win. That's the worst, right? It's the worst. So, like, when you're dealing with the guys, like, you got to understand, like, you got to give up what you believe is possible yeah. because all the greats got got to the point of being great because they gave up what they believed was possible and submitted to what someone else told them that was possible and they kept going. Yep. And they didn't allow themselves. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then with your will, it's like to be the best you can actually be and to be in that zone, you got to give up what you want to become because there's always something higher. So most people think about that when they think of giving up what you want to become. They think of, oh, like, man, I got to – this ain't going to work, bro. I got to give up what I wanted in my dreams. Yeah, give them up because there's higher dreams that God has for you. Give it up. Yeah, that's so real too, though, because it's 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 a tough. I feel like it's a tough concept, especially for somebody who may be thinking like, "What are y'all talking about?" You know, it sounds good, but what exactly are you talking? I really have to, like what you said. I really have to give up my dreams. But if you give it up again, God's got things that we can't even think of, higher than you can ask, think, or imagine, and. When you give that up, it's gonna be better than what you had. That's what you gotta understand. It's better than what you even what you think you can do on your own. So I just thought that was a great point. One one question I did have is, when when I'm seeing will, word, and possibility, it seems like they almost all go together, like they're intertwined. Is that is that mm-hmm. kind of how they're working together? Well, yeah, because what your will is, what you want to become, is going to determine. Your word that you hold on yeah, to, exactly. right? Your yes. word is what creates it, and that's gonna and your word you that you hold possible. on to. Yeah. What you believe is possible, bro. So, like, if I let's use an example, if I, my will is to, and you're trying to be in the zone all the time, right? And we'll just use a plain example. My will is, man, I just want to be a, 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 a you know, uh, a guy that just makes the team. And just goes to practice. That's all I want. I just want to make the team. And you hold on to that, that what you want to become, and you keep speaking. That's your words you hold on to. That's your possibility. I, it's not possible for me. I, hey, I'm just one of those guys that just hoops. You know, hey, those guys over there, they're athletic, <laughs> but not me. You know you know those teammates that have that, too. Like, they're athletic, but not me. Or <laughs> Like, why you say it like that, bro? Like, you can be athletic, too. Or, bro, you, you were just born that way. Or, like, you know what I mean? You got to give that up. You can't have those limiting, lacking possibilities because you're you're asking. What we're talking about for the zone, you're asking 
these higher beings to come into you and express themselves. It's like having this fine girl, fine girl, just absolutely fine, right? Just like all of this, <laughs> right? And she come to you and you like feeling unworthy, like, oh, man, I don't know. She going to look at you like, uh, bro, if you don't get up and put your suit on and, you know what I mean, hold my hand and walk next to me. And eventually, if you don't do that, she's like, well, man, he just, I like him, but like, he don't, he don't really, con he ain't confident in himself. He don't, he don't really know who he is yet. That's what the guys are saying. It's like, it's not a bad thing. It's just like, we can't come and express. I'm not about to lower exactly. myself. You I already lower myself. Yeah, I already lowered myself by allowing you to do this because you should be here anyway. It's a long story. But I'm coming here to help you. If you deny my help, you denying what I'm trying to do, what's possible. You're denying me. You're denying the essence of who I am. So I'm not about to come here and lower myself. That's like how relationships be. Like, you ever see that person that's in that relationship that they completely changed who they are because they just accepted the yep. other person? Like, you know what I mean? I've been in those before myself, so it's like, nah, bro, I gotta get it. Like, accept this possibility or not. Like, I'm leaving. Like, you know what I mean? And and that's why you, when you give that up, you don't just give up something and not receive anything. Like, nah, you give it up, you receive power. You when you accept that, when you accept their will, their word, their possibility. You receive power. You receive the books of life. You receive. You know what I mean? The actual possibilities of God. And people are like, what's this book of life? What's that mean? Well, how many hoopers out there be like, God, I don't know, man, whatever God has for me. What if you can know exactly what God has for you? It's written in their book of life. There's books in the unseen that you can go see. Just like you go to the library, there's books in there that do that says, hey. You remember the Dewey Decimal System? Dewey Decimal System. Hey, bro. Hey, bro, look, this is what I got for you. He said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. You think he's just thinking about these plans? No, I got the book of life for you set up here. Will you accept this or will you reject it? See, people don't get rejected out of the book of life. They didn't get blotted. They, 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 people didn't just not, you, have, you don't have to just get put in the book of life. You have to earn it. No, you're already written in it. So before you ever came and existed, all your dreams, all your visions as a hooper, cool, you chose that route? All right, this is what I have for you in that route. This is what I want. And it's already written down. It's guaranteed. It's sealed. But you yeah. got to accept it. So when you give that part up, you're accepting it, and it's given to you to be revealed to you to let you know this is the one. That, and they give you the power to actually do that. That's why you be feeling dudes when they walk the dudes that – that they really aura. walk in this, yeah. they or you can feel their glory when they walk into the room. You can feel them shift the room because they accepted the higher parts of themselves. They accepted it somehow, some way. Now each person is different, but you can feel that aura and that 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 confidence that comes off of guys, and they walk in those aptitudes where they can just interact with anybody and get stuff done. That's what's going to be manifested when you do all those things. Mm -hmm. First step, first step, bud. We talk about we that John off Wall. Hot. We starting off hot. I think it's that, that John Wall. Hey, man, he came in on the hoverboard. Hey, you know, we weren't even looking. It was like, oh, something, hold on, some something's different. I had my back turned. I don't remember which which way you were facing, but I just remember feeling like something just came into the room. Like everybody just stopped. I remember looking. He was 
came in on the hoverboard, and that was like, whoa, this was prime John Wall. You know his situation. Yeah. You know his situation was divine, because he was never supposed to be who he was. He went from unranked to, like, the number one player in the country as a high schooler. I remember that team Reebok camp yep. or the Reebok camp or whatever, and he blew up, and he just took off since there. Mm -hmm. He believed it. He accepted it. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, 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 he let go of the possibility that he wasn't going to be what he was going to be. Because he was, un if he would have accepted the possibility of where he was at, we wouldn't have heard of John Wall the way we would have heard him today. You know what I mean? Now, his situation now is, is, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about his situation when he was coming out the league, when he was dealing, when he was at that, that or we and you was in the gym, and we knew who was in charge yep. yeah. of the Wizards organization. Yeah, we, we knew. Yeah, we did. <laughs> there was no words that needed to be said because it was what? It was manifested. Yeah. It was it just in that small instance. Yeah, that was very like this is just smaller, but like <laughs> Yeah, and this wasn't no overall thing. This is just in this particular, you know, situation, this scene, and it was like a there was no nothing I couldn't taste it and I couldn't touch it yet, but it meant it was there. Yeah. We knew it was yeah. there. The whole room felt it. You know what I mean? That's what I'm oh. the whole gym, I mean. The coaches yeah, even was exactly. like coaches would it, it, they went from being all stern and you know what I mean to this is how we run things to oh hey John yeah, yeah. he shifted the whole atmosphere he came in all happy and yeah. light like what up <laughs> y'all know what it is da -da 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 -da. and everybody was like oh okay we can have fun okay cool and what we do we did he influenced us which is another thing we'll talk about but let's keep it going this one this next one real we gonna keep this thing moving second thing you gotta give up you gotta give up. Your lineage, your family bonds, mm. and what's real to you. Mm. To be in the zone consistently. Mm. What you talk about lineage, bro? What that got to do with basketball? What does that have to do with basketball? What you talk about, T-Dex? <laughs> bro, if you were raised up in a family that didn't raise you up in the way of higher things or in the way of the Lord, in the way that life was designed to be lived at its highest level, you have an option and a choice. Mm. You have an option to either accept that lineage and what that way of you raised was. If you accept that, you have to deal with the things that come with that too. Mm. Or you can accept the way of the Lord, which is blessing with no curses. On the other side, there's going to be curses you got to do. That's why they all say, man, well, good, come back. Yeah, that's come with that lineage. So you can't make every shot. There's no way you can win every game. There's no way you can win that many championships. You can't win a championship every year. It's too hard. Okay, says who? Exactly. Who told you that? That's why you have to be able to give that up because – when you give those things up, when you give up your lineage, those family bonds, the, the things that are connected to you, those cords that you're connected with people that are holding you back from going to yeah. where you're trying to go to and what's actually real to you, like deciding like, man, what's real? Like we all know this, everything that we see coming from the unseen. So, if it's real to you that you're not bouncy right now, say you're a young young kid out there, you want to get bouncy, you want to, you know, young child, you want to get bouncy, it's like, nah, I'm just not. 
They told me that this ain't gonna work. I'm not. I'm not dunking yet. If you accept that as real, then that's what's going to actually happen. But if you accept what's real and the unseen, what you—that's what's really real. Mm. That's the things you have to give up. You know what I mean? You got to give up what you think is real because what you're going to actually receive is you're going to actually receive the real realities of the Lord's. You're going to really receive the signet ring, which. You know, Boog always calls that black card. That black card. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to receive that, bro. And and you're going to receive those manifestations in that true family. You know what I mean? Like, if you hold on to the way you were raised and it's outside of true greatness, your journey will be capped by the philosophies, the theologies, the dogmas, the doctrines, the things that that, that was taught to you that hold you back. So you can get pretty far, but it's still going to be a cap. Right, that thing where they said, "Man, you gotta get your family out, put your family on your back, gotta take care of the hood, don't rock the boat, just fit in." These are all philosophies that we've been taught that caps you mm. at certain levels, versus accepting the philosophy. Yeah, go ahead. No, it, as you're saying this, it, it, it's bringing to my to my mind like this stuff is real because two things. So one, I had surgery on my feet when I was like 12 years old. Basically, my big toe was going underneath. My other toe like that. So I had to break it, reset it. I didn't walk for three, literally three months. Like my legs looked like this by the, by the time I was able to actually stand up again. Wow. First time I stood up, I fell. I, I, didn't, I thought I was going to be able to stand up. I had no muscle in my legs. So I had to learn. I had to literally learn how to walk again. And I remember that journey. And at that time, it was like the peak of my track career. You know, I was running miles and miles and miles and doing really well on track. But at this point, I kind of was, I wanted to do track to finish it. I wanted to finish what I started. I was like, I'm going to win. I'm going to get back, win my track race again to show everybody I can still do this if I wanted to. And then I'm stepping away because Strong I fell will. in love with basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I fell in love with basketball and my rehab had been shooting and I just fell in love with the game. So from there, couldn't walk, right? That was the summer. And I said, I'm going to become athletic. And me and my uh, cousin, and then Andrew, we started doing this jump program. I don't know if you remember, like, the jump soles and all that or something. Yes, I do Bro, remember that. Yes. That thing was, like, $800. It was something expensive. It was in the magazine. Somehow we found a free copy. Like, I forgot how it came, but it just wow. – we just ended up with a free copy of it. So we had the jump sole system. We were doing it every single day. And I was, like, 5'8". But I finally got my first dunk, like, after – I forgot, maybe a year of doing that or, like, six months, something like that. Finally got my first dunk. Now, this came from a dude whose toes, I really can't even feel my big toes, basically. There's, like, these metal rods. And, wow. And from there, I remember just asking higher and higher. I was like, well, I want to be able to win, though. I want to be able to. And eventually, like, to now, I can, I feel like right now I'm the most athletic I've ever been. But that's one story yeah. of just how real it is. And there's missing all kinds of details in that. But I'm telling you, I've lived this stuff and some of these things up to, you know, up to a point. Um. The second thing is you were talking about how you can create a cap. So they did this experiment with fleas. Uh, and I'll make this quick because I know we're, we're, we got a little bit of time. But there, there are these fleas and uh, they put them in this jar. Let's just say the jar was like this big and they just, it's adults. The fleas, fleas can jump really, really high, but they, they keep hitting the top mm-hmm. of, this, of this thing. It's literally capped. So eventually they, they start jumping only to where they just barely tap the tap. And then they let them have children. And the children see that the dads 
and the parents, they only jump there. So what do they do? They only jump to there. They take the cap off. None of the fleas ever leave the jar because they think that they can only jump. Yes. They're literally capped. And that's family bondage. Like, how do you how do you let go of those family bonds? So that was a picture. That's that a wonderful story. It's like the dog. You ever seen the dog thing where they put this dog experiment? They put, like, food or water as far as they can go. And they, but they had the dog on a leash and then they get, get to as it. far as they can run on the leash and they can't get to it. And then they take the leash off after some time and the dog literally comes to that point and stops because they've been trained and conditioned. Yep. That's what family bonds are. Uh, yeah. Family bonds, lineages agree, like those types of things hold you back. But when you, in your instance, when you keep going higher, like you did your talents, the thing that you actually get manifested, the things that you receive you get the chance to actually receive the true family. You get a chance mm -hmm. to actually receive the true reality. And now your talents and things are of your gifts. Because get talents are, everybody has gifts, but the talents are the level that you release that gift at. Mm -hmm. So the level of your, everybody can walk and jump and stuff, but the level you release it is a talent. Yes. So your level was manifested at the the level that you wanted it to be based off of, you know what I mean? What you received in that. So you got to manage and supervise those things. So real. And I wanted to talk about this because this is the Drew League story for me, mm -hmm. right? Going forward with some things. This was the Drew League story for me. And I remember being in, I remember being in um, LA when I first got to LA, right? And it wasn't real to me. Like, I didn't know how I was going. Like, you got to think, I'm in L.A. I don't know nobody out here, mm -hmm. right? I'm out of the basketball. I was out of basketball already for about – I played in the G League, but I didn't really have my name. Like, I didn't – it's like going from the highest of highs of the Final Four yeah. to, like, disobeying and then not, like, everything leaving. It's like you got to start all over again. I had a lot of that in my career. So, I'm around L.A., like – where am I go? Who do I go towards? Like, what do I need to do? I get specific instructions, start doing them, right? But I, I specifically ask God, like, man, I want to play in a Drew League. And this is how good God is because that signet ring that you receive, mm -hmm. right? The things you receive when you give up family bonds, when you give up your lineage and what's real to you, you receive the realities, their true realities, the realities of the Lord. You receive the signet ring, which is like that black card to make their reality come real for you. So wherever you, you know, you get a black car, you walk in somewhere, here, let me swipe that. Oh, they're there. Okay, well, you can have what you right. need. That's how the stuff be. So fast forward for me with the Drew League, I'm going to go play. I started in Santa Monica. Go play there. I hear very clearly, ask him about some leagues. So I start asking guys, they in leagues out here? Yeah, yeah, bro, they got the JBL. Go play in the JBL. Go play in the JBL. I'm playing in the JBL. I end up playing with – uh. Uh, Worms team from Coach Carter. Oh, for real? <laughs> His team. Yep, super cool dude. Yeah, he was coaching at the team at the time. Um, super cool dude. I'm playing with him. Somehow, I don't even know how. I, I got on his team to my dude, Craig. And then, next thing you know, I'm playing well in there, playing well. Dude sitting over there at the court, one of our games. And he like, hey, man, where you play at? He don't know me. He like, where you play at? Where you from? And I was like, you know, I play here. Do the, he was like, you got a team in the Drew League? And I was like, nah, I'm actually, I don't. I'm trying to play, though. 
all right, man, well, you can come on our team. You be our guy. Boom, went from not knowing anybody to literally having a team on the Drew League and being the main guy. Like, the team was built around wow, me that summer. Wow, look at Literally. That. And it's the Drew the League. The team was built around me that summer. It's the Drew. This is the best summer league outside of the NBA summer league pretty mm-hmm. much. You know what I mean? With pros, that's there. And it's set up where it's not like – people don't understand how the Drew work. The Drew is not like a thing you can just get no. in. Like, you either got to have a name or you got to be an L.A. dude. At the time, I didn't really have either. Like, you Mm. know what I mean? So, people knew me, but they didn't really, like, it's hard to explain. Like, that aura wasn't there, at least in my eyes. But to their eyes, when I got back in line, it started to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it became justifiable Mm. for them. Oh, okay, that's why he's doing this, because he went here. And, like, y'all have no idea what the story <laughs> is, bro. Like, that ain't it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that ain't it. So, it became justifiable in that sense. Like, oh, that's why he there. Like, no, bro, I'm there because God opened the door. And I knew it. And that's that's all that mattered, right? Now, we're going to fly through these, these next two, because I really want to go to the last one. There's two other things you have to give up that we're not going to go into detail today. But you have to give up. You have to give up your agreements, your positions, your titles, the things that make you who you are, and the gifts you have without repentance, like wisdom, knowledge, faith, miraculous powers. I think I can do this. If you want to get in the zone at a higher level, you got to give up your agreements, your positions, your titles, the things that make you. This is who I am. You got to give that up to get higher things, to get higher gifts, to get higher positions, to get higher titles. Like you can't just be the big fish in the small pond. You got to give up the title of the best ever in Westerville <laughs> if you want to be the best in the world. That's where I was. I grew up in Westerville. If you want to be the best in the world, you got to give up the title of best. Like give that up, bro. Like who cares? You're moving on to something not new. Do you lose that forever? No, you'll be recognizable. Like it's like, Move up from it. You know what I mean? And then what you're going to receive is you're going to receive authority, right? And that has specific things which allows you to decide things and allows you to cut things and allows you to to to, to cut through what we call the politics of the game, right? The politics of the game. And people be like, man, I want to do a politics and all that. Like, yeah, well... There's higher things behind politics because at the end of the day, these are people making these decisions. So you'll be in a position to where you can have uh, leadership and guidance and expertise where your leadership and guidance expertise will influence those decision makers, right? Where you don't even have to do much. You'll just be be in alignment, do what you need to do. Again, we can't go into detail right now because of time. Maybe another time we'll go into detail, but that's that. The other thing we got to go over is your culture. This is huge. You got to give up your culture, your emotions, your covering if you want to get in the zone at a higher level consistently all the time. If you want to get in the zone consistently all the time, you got to give up your culture, your way of doing things. You've seen the greats do this. Man, I eat like this all the time. Well, you got to eat like this. Well, I do this when I get on and I don't necessarily stretch. Well, you got to stretch like this as a, if you want to get up here. You know what I mean? Why, why I always act like this in the court? Well, you got to act mm-hmm. like this, right? 
and you got to give up your covering, meaning like, because you're covering the person that you, that's your source that covers you is going to determine your cap. So if you want the zone all the time, you got to take the covering that has no cap. <laughs> right. And we're not talking about the slang, no cap. We just talk no, about the no cap, cap as far as the exit literally. And that's when you give all those things up, you're going to be able to receive rulership crowns, right. And robes, real coverings to be able to influence impact and have more skills. So you can be covered the correct way. So you can actually like, I give an example of this, like with Melo. Melo understood this when he came to the league. David Stern put him to the side like, yo, I know everybody who you rolling with. <laughs> yeah. You got to make a choice. You got to either leave that culture or you got to, or you got, you got to do things differently. Like, are you going to be with them? He started naming all the, all his boys' names. He was like, and Melo said, I knew the NBA yeah. was with the feds <laughs> at that point. But he was talking about, he was talking about like, it's a higher level. It's a higher culture. Right. I'm not saying mellow uh, did what we're talking about. I'm just using that as an example of like, if you wanted things higher, you had to do things higher in a different way. If you want to be in the zone, you got to do, you got to give up your culture in that way so that you can be, because at this point you're a true community leader and a professional and there's certain requirements of that. The last thing, Boog, I want you to tap in this. We're going to finish this out. If you don't do none of the stuff we just talked about, you got to do these things if you want to get into the zone consistently. You got to give up your rights. You got to give up your body. And you got to give up how you feel. Now, we know this as pros. You got to give up how you feel. But I don't feel yeah. like doing it today. Well, you got to go do it. You got to give up your rights. Man, I don't like the way he's yelling at me as a coach. Go out here. You know your rights. That's who you been truly are. You you know who you are. You gotta give up your rights to always retaliate, because what happens when you retaliate? Now your zone is being af mm. affected because I'm my focus is being on something else. Focus on what you need to do. The rights of, you know what I mean, nationality, bro. This is how we do it, bro. Where I'm from, or race. This is how we do it, bro. Where I'm from. This is this is who we are. You know what I mean? Or your country rights. It's low, like those things are lower. If you accept those things and you accept those, it will provide a cap. Can you do it? Yeah, you can do it to a certain extent because you're a guy. Mm. So you can get in the zone to a certain extent, but we're talking about being in the zone consistently. Y'all know the greats out there. You're like, man, if he could just do this, if he could just get this part, what is it? Y'all tell me. We're going over certain things, mm. what it is, right? You know what I mean? And the whole point of you giving that up is when you receive that, when you give that part of yourself up, you get the true nation. You get the true domain. You get the true keys to the home, right, to, to, a, true, to a true people group, right? You give up your feelings. You get your true rights and the true way of actually expressing yourself. And what actually be manifested is motivation, inspiration, and ability. You're going to be motivated to do what you need to do. You're going to be inspired to do what you need to do. And you're going to be given the ability mm. to do it. 
Now they can truly come into your body because you gave up your body. Now the higher guys can come up to your body because you gave it up. And now you got the abilities that they have. So now it's like that movie mm. with the Wayans Brothers. Six Man. The Six Man. It's just like that. It's just like Six Man. It was on to something. It was on to something. But we're not talking about death. We're talking about life coming to you. Not death. We're talking about life coming to you and doing this. People always say this all the time. Announcers be like, he's playing like he's possessed. He's playing like he's just. Why can't you be possessed the right way? But because our concept yeah. is so off, we we run away from it. We run away yeah. from being possessed by something that's good and that's pleasing and perfect because the only possession we see is something that's on TV that's demonic. I'm not talking about that stuff. Where do you think they got it from? So that's the foundation. Exactly. That's it, bro. Like, but this is mental peak performance mm. at its highest level. If you want to be in the zone, this is mental peak performance. It's bringing the spirit into the game, the spirit of the Most High God, and the contingency, the family, and the kingdom of God that's with him, with with the Most High God. You're not just stuck at a mental level. I'm I'm peaking because I'm bringing the higher into the mental. There's two ways you can do it. Mm-hmm. You can do it by yourself because you are a God, or you can connect yourself to the Most High God, where they can come and impart and manifest this thing through you. Any last thoughts, Bud? Because mm-hmm. we finished this thing out. That was some heat today. Boy, my goodness, this was this was fire. I'm I, as you're speaking about all this stuff, I got so many examples and things in my head that I'm thinking back on. Like, wow, that's really what happened there. And it, like, th- this stuff is just so real. Um, but that first, that first part is acceptance, being able to accept that it's real. Like, like you talked about one thing on the on the last part about the body, um, giving up your body. <clears throat> you talked about um, your rights and where, where you're putting your focus at when that coach is yelling at you. And and we see this over and over and over again. I've been through it. I've been through it this year, um, you know, where our focus is shifted. Ultimately, we're trying to win the game, right? But when you get caught up in the smaller things of this guy yelling at me, coach yelling at me, this and that, one thing that stood out to me was uh, Justin and Drew Holiday's mom. She told me something that I'll never forget. And she was, she was, they say she's the best player in the family. She was cold. <laughs> she's at Arizona State, I think. Like, she was cold. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she said that, one day her coach wanted to play some other girl over her. And uh, she said, I wasn't worried about it. I went out there and I played my game. And I, you know, I had like triple, double, 30, 12 and 12 or something. I said, you want this or you want that? What you want? So she just went out. She knew her rights. She said, look, I know who I am. I know what I do. And she could have easily held on to her rights and be like, I deserve to start. I deserve to be the guy. Like, that's what happens with dudes. Now it's focus is taking away your focus from what's actually real. But go ahead. Yep. No, that was it. That was just the story. And that was something that always stuck out to me. It stood out to me like, yeah, really just go do it. We're getting caught up in all this. He said this and the coach is doing this and that. Do it. Just go do it. Exactly, bro. Exactly. And that's my last thing I'm going to leave guys with is if you really want to be in the zone, what are you willing to give up? Right? Actions speak louder than words. What are you willing to give up? And if you need help, we're here to help you out. That's what we do at IGI Sports. We have an agency that helps out guys in all these facets of life. Through life coaching, they're having them have a plan in life. What do you want to decide? Through actual player development. 
right? Being the best player you can actually be on the court, what you need to do physically, mentally, most like those things. What can you do and how to do it God's way? That's what we're doing for that's 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 our specialty and what we provide with in player development. And we talk about financial literacy. Like how do I actually take all the resources that I get while I'm at these high levels to keep the flow going, keep my own economy going? And then how do I put that into a business through our divine business literacy? And then finally, how do I become a professional speaker so that I can connect and talk with anybody in the world? That's the will. And that's what's going to keep you in that zone. That's the things that keep you in the zone that come along with the zone so you can be the best possible player you can actually be. And at the end of the day, you can be in God's image, mm. just like how God is. That's the whole point. So we're going to leave you all with that. Chew on it. Reach out to us. If you all want to know more information, go to wearegodsimage.com slash one of our names, either Trayvon Jackson, Scott Suggs, or check out our mentorship program where we go into detail on some of these things in our give and go section. And we got our tutorial set up. It's called wearegodsimage.com slash IGI, how to be a pro. You'll find out more information there. But y'all have a great one. I got to go. Yep. <laughs> Bug, I love you, bro. We'll be right, talking here soon. This was a great one. I'm T. Jax. Yeah, that's my main man. Scott Boogie. My main God. I got to say it. My main God. That's there my main go. God, Scott main Boogie. God. Yeah. That's my main God, Scott Boogie. Imagine what you could accomplish if fear wasn't an option. And this is where the impossible becomes normal. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good one. This is IGI. This is IGI. This is IGI. This, this is, is how to be a pro.